Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Tim and Guy here, and welcome to the Worst Idea of All Time, Season 5. This season, we are watching the French-originated softcore pornography series, Emmanuel. Because why not? These films contain some anachronistic and downright problematic scenes from time to time. Which we will not be discussing to keep our podcast a stupid and friendly place to be. Also, you do not need to watch these films, as always. So just enjoy the show. We're watching the movies so you don't have to. Happy listening, everybody. Listen up. Here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world. And all day and all night and everything he sees is just blue. Like him. Inside and outside. Blue his house with a blue little window and a blue Corvette. And everything is blue for him and himself and everybody around. Because he ain't got nobody to listen. Hello and welcome along. I didn't think I'd enjoy that, but I actually really did. To the third installment in the Emmanuel series. We've just watched a 1977 French softcore erotica movie directed by Francois Letillier called Goodbye, Emmanuel. 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 Goodbye, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, goodbye. Oh. Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah, it's uh, it, they they very proudly claim that he scores the film. It seems in to the me, credits, which are in French, he's the third name on there. He provided one song that they used, <laughs> also like somehow both liberally and sparingly. Yeah, that's true. Here's the search. The hours of our the movie's an hour forty. And there's very sparse soundtracking, but whenever the soundtracking is on, it's just like a different part of one four-minute song that he made for the movie. This movie starts with a bang. It's got... it's so, it's, Lol. it's Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> it does not start with a bang. In fact, one thing I would say for this uh, entry into the softcore library of Emmanuel films is this film is 
not really so it's not really a porno at all. It's not a porno. This, this is a relationship a, drama. Yeah, it is. This is literally the fallout <laughs> of the first two movies. It's a relationship drama where sometimes you see nipples. Yeah. And that, that's uh, you see Jean, you see uh, Emmanuel's husband, Jean, you see his uh, scrotum. Oh, yeah, barely, barely, no, barely. The eagle, you know, the eagle-eyed amongst us, they saw that. Yeah. I didn't see any shaft, though. No, you'll never see Shaft. Pretty much, we left Emmanuel and Jean in Hong Kong previously, Mm -hmm. and I suppose things were okay? Things were looking up. We had discovered the pleasures of a woman. What was the subtitle? Uh, Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something of a woman. The joys. joys of a woman. Um, So the first movie is all about Emmanuel's Initial steps of sexual liber- lib- lib- liberation. liberation. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much. And then the second film is, a, I guess, about her discovering her bisexuality. She's bisexual in the first one. I think it's more like a celebration. The first one chants the discovery. The second one is a celebration. Jean remains her husband through all three of these films. But like the Bond franchise, sometimes they change the actor. Yes. And I reckon the occupation. Because in this one... Someone goes, your husband, John, is he a uh, public servant? And I'm like, me, Tim. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's a fucking uh, diplomat for the French government because he is. And then Emmanuel says no. And I was like, what? And then she says, he's an architect. And I was like, what, what? He is an architect. He's not an architect in the other movies. He's an architect of... He is an architect of, of diplomacy. He's an architect of uh, threesomes. That's what he is. Here's a guy who loves to fuck, and more specifically, he doesn't abide the the concept of jealousy. <laughs> Sorry, my dog has joined the chat. Yeah, yeah. He just knocks the microphone out of the way to make room for himself. Well, so long as Rufus is here, we might as well dip into a very early boner patrol. Rufus. Yo. This- <laughs> it's cool that he knows his name, eh? Yeah, yeah. Rufus, did you, did you uh, become aroused at any point in this film by any of the humans or sparingly shot animals? No, he's gone all shy. Typical. Nor did I. To be honest, this movie had a handful of sex scenes in it, and I could have used less. Really? Yeah. Because at one point in the film, you said there's not enough sex in this movie. No, no. I said there was like there were these scenes where they were building up to what was obviously about to be a sex scene, and yeah. I'd say I would happily take the cut now. Yeah. Trust that these people have sex. Right, and then do some other stuff. Well, I just you just know it's an hour forty, and it's. Hey, this movie sucks. Yeah. It's, this, it be- was, it's in a beautiful location. It was shit, though. It was boring. And it was badly shot and terribly edited. And thank God Serge Gainsbourg was there so I could just spend a lot of time hoping that they'd bring the soundtrack back. Filmed in Seychelles. Seychelles? Off the east coast of Africa. It's beautiful. Now, why was the Seychelles in the news recently? I think maybe... Is it a tax haven or something? It was... It was it was in the news for some reason really? but it's a neither guy nor I knew where the Seychelles were and uh, it turns out it's sort of just above Madagascar do you say archipelago yep yeah when I when I nail it which is not often it's an archipelago of 115 islands in the Indian Ocean off East Africa it's home to numerous beaches coral reefs and nature reserves as well as rare animals such as as the giant Aldebra tortoises. That's, and we saw them. We got treated to these beautiful big old tortoises. Only ever a so briefly. 
Uh, they were so cool. We got told that they were 100 years old and that they uh, would lay eggs and bury them in the sand. And I was like, cool, I learned something. I didn't know that turtles buried their eggs in the sand. Didn't you? There's a book uh, by Lindley Dodd about a turtle who's trying to get to the sea and it starts all the other ones have t- hatched and they've crawled out of the sand. And from that book, I knew... I, although I am now conflating turtles and tortoises, so who's to fucking say? Yeah, it was see, also they're different. They're the, different. My things. personal highlight of the film, pretty much. Here's the basic plot. Here Emmanuel- it comes, everybody. Look out, guys. Going to synopsize for you. Goodbye, Emmanuel. Emmanuel is seemingly enjoying the freedom afforded to the open relationship she has with Jean and their marriage. They're bouncing around, having sex with different people, talking about them, sort of teeing up sexual uh, encounters with other people for Everything- themselves and each other. Everything seems to be good, although you do get this sort of feeling that some of this is ringing hollow, or it's it's um, it's not as cool. It's not as, as satisfying uh, as or cool same. as you might imagine. And Emmanuel eventually, she t- Jean, who seems to get as much out of these sexual dalliances as Emmanuel does, sort of keeps teeing up these beautiful European tourists for Emmanuel to have sex with. And Emmanuel goes and takes a Swedish man down to a, a, what's meant to be like a plot of land where he might want to build a house, but instead they just nip down to the rocks that are border the ocean and they start getting to, and then there's this ship going by and there's this really handsome guy holding up a film camera and you see through the lens of the camera, he's trained in on Emmanuel and the Swede who are about to go hammer and tongs and Emmanuel stares at him and through the lens he stares back and you're like, wow, this is eroticism. This is There's a, some sort of voyeuristic... Uh, you know something's afoot here and anyway she goes home she tells Jean she says I banged the Swede but I tell you who really got me going was this fucking guy with a camera this fucking guy and they're having sex and Jean's like keep thinking of the guy with the camera and Emmanuel Emmanuel's like yeah and then she goes finds the guy with the camera that was actually exactly how she sounds as well it's freaky man they go yeah they bang they have a terse conversation Emmanuel think of the man with the camera yeah, 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 that's right. She does my voice. And then they do that. They have a little falling out. And pretty much she can't get this guy out of her head the whole time. And this represents a shift in the relationship dynamic between Jean and Emmanuel. Previously, they'd have these relationships. Both of them would be open-minded and cool with it. And they'd also, they sort of exist in this amoral, not amoral, but just this emotionally free state where they don't seem to become invested or like they maintain a pretty healthy open relationship. It appears to me. It, 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 did, it appears to all of us. But the te- there's some sort of tension post-coitus between Emmanuel and this director, whose name was Gregory, where she can't get him out of her head. And eventually she has to close the loop. So she goes and revisits Gregory. And their tension, it turns out, was that there's a more deep-seated emotional bond. And they they have to explore this. And the the outcome of this is that she's in love with Gregory and actually leaves Jean. So that's the synopsis. That's the long and short of it. Well done, buddy. That was good. Within this, though, and this is in reference to tortoises, and also this is my highlight. This is my shining light of the film. Uh We meet a very old, immensely problematic, crazy British guy. I'm gutted you're taking this as your shining light. Who lives on it. Undeniably the best bit of the film. I called it straight out of the gate. I said, I like this guy. Yeah. Uh, They're they're on one of the 115 small islands of the archipelago of Seychelles. And he obviously lives there, and he's like, "I say," he does like he's got a very thick British accent inside of his French accent. He's like, "Bonjour," 
And then he continues to say, he goes, fuck me, your wife is beautiful. You want to film a house? Come over to my place. And he brings him over to his place. Imagine that in French, but the exact same intonation. And he's the worst actor I've seen in the franchise this whole time. I love him. Anyway, they get to the house. He starts saying some pretty pretty bad stuff. Let me tell you all about my late wife. Yeah. We lived in bliss and happiness for many years till one day on a fishing expedition where she nipped her finger as we were dismembering a shark we caught. No, no. And then the blood drew other sharks. Better yet. uh, She was, yeah, very unlikely, eaten by a shark. There were some people dismembering a tortoise, and the blood drew a shark, and I watched her get eaten by the whole thing. And you're like, fuck. And Guy and Tim are going, wow, wow, wee wow. What a story. This anecdote has come out of nowhere. And obviously, it's devastating. This guy's lost his wife. But it's quite a sensational story. Fucking rules. And it only gets better because then Emmanuel <laughs> and Gregory go to fly off. They go. They know the pilot who's going to take them on this small charter plane back to wherever they came from. And like, oh, we met this fucking legend yeah this old british guy and the, what, what this poor widower yeah and the part's like the oh guy's like, susan's not dead yeah she just shacked up with another dude and he refuses <laughs> to make his peace with it so he tells everyone she got eaten by a shark in one bite it was honestly <laughs> the most enjoyable insert in the whole film it's very funny to overshoot so much when you get hurt to make up a sensational lie about what happened rather than actually deal with your problems yeah i think it's a fun way to deal with things a big sensational lie an unbelievable one eaten by a shark do you know how many people get eaten by a shark irl how many very few it's not zero but it isn't a lot shark do you think sharks tabulate the data on how many of those motherfuckers get killed by us every year they should they really should if you watch the movie deep blue sea from the perspective of a shark yeah Ultimately, it's upsetting. But for a minute there, you're like, fuck yes, finally. Is Deep Blue Sea the one where they make the, the shark super intelligent? Yeah. It's got one of the Is most... Is LL Cool J in it? Yes, he's got a parrot, but the, it's got one of the coolest movie deaths of all time in it, which is Samuel L. Jackson. Like, everyone keeps getting eaten by these sharks, and they start infighting, and Samuel L. Jackson, Jackson delivers this really rousing speech where he's like, come on, you motherfuckers, we've got to look out for each other. We are not going to let these sharks... Beat us, and right as he like delivers that fire and defiant thing, this yeah. massive shark comes up from behind him, just fucking chomps him in two. God damn, that's cool. It is, I think it's actually recognised as one of the great movie deaths. Really, I saw Deep Blue Sea at the at the flicks. I think on the big screen. I think I was like too young to appreciate it for what it was, which is a, a kind of big silly film. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was looking at it. And I was like, well, this is silly. But the filmmakers are probably looking at it being like, yeah, you asshole. Of course it is. Yeah. It's about super intelligent sharks killing people in some, some oh, sort of like an undergr- submarine laboratory. Yeah. It was awesome. I, the, do you know what was wrong with Goodbye Emmanuel beyond what you've outlined, which is uh, cinematography and editing? I hadn't is- outlined those, but we did talk about it extensively during this film. I think you said it. You said it looks like shit and the editing's bad. Okay. Believe in yourself. I'm sorry. Is um, It's like it's... It's it's set in reality. It's grounded in reality. The first two movies, it's like these beautiful European layabouts, these diplomats who go to these foreign embassies and just fuck one another to yeah. their heart's content. And then in this one, it's like, 
hey, what would happen if there was an emotional fallout from all of these open-minded people having sex with each other? And instead of concentrating on the sex they have with each other, we just follow the emotional journey <laughs> of a husband and wife in peril. And that's exactly what happens. I paid to go to the cinema for this. An hour and four, yeah. This, I, is, this is very close to my actual yeah. life. How am I meant to jerk off to these micro-tensions? <laughs> It's an exploration of jealousy in particular in this movie, which is, um, I can tell you now, the wrong way to go with a softcore porno. Yeah. And it's not very arousing to be like, God damn it, there are consequences to actions. Yeah. This is the thing, eh? This is supposed to be all about like fantasy and escapism, which is why I can't wait for us to get out of planet Earth with this franchise. I know. Well, this was, so this was intended to be the third. The, the first three Emmanuel films are uh, meant to be recognized as a trilogy. Really? So, yeah, so this was the closing of a... a that makes sense. ...a chapter. But and they've that, still got... Sil- What's her name again? Sylvia something. Sylvia Christel. Um, she does seven of them, I understand. I, I'm not 100%. I wouldn't be surprised if she did not appear in the next Emmanuel film, if we moved on to a different Emmanuel. And then she... I, from, I can't remember, but I think she reappears... But I think that this this chapter of the Emmanuel franchise is is done. They really ended with a, uh, a whimper mm. because the first two, like for you what didn't, they you are, didn't give me your boner patrol. By the way, boner patrol to zero from Tim. Were you uh, in this film? What was the most titillating scene? Probably the bit where they are copulating on a beach. Shouldn't say copulating. It's you weird. can say copulating. It's kind of not what it is, though, is it? Copulating to me suggests it's it's so scientific that it suggests there would be uh, babies as a result. So maybe there is to copulate. I I didn't find that scene super erotic. I found it very like beautiful. This is when beautiful and tender. Uh, Emmanuel is having sex on a beach with Gregory after she's chased him down. Gregory. They is don't the, say Gregory like that, by the way. <laughs> Gregory. They say Gregory. Emmanuel bursts in the door and says, Gregory, let's have sex on the beach. And he says, all right, governor. Nah, that's the older dude. Oh, you're right. Copulate is, copulation is very scientific. Mm. In zoology, copulation is animal sexual behavior in which a male introduces sperm to the female's body, mm. especially directly into a reproductive tract. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That's science, baby. That's what sex is. That's what we're watching copulation. here. Copulation. I don't think it was so scientific. I thought there was more play in that word. It's quite funny to um, boil down this pornographic film to its constituent scientific parts. But that bit, because it was, it was low light, you know? Now, I'm going to say this. This isn't very entertaining, but this is part of why I thought it looked like absolute fucking dog shit, this movie. It had an um, approach to filmmaking, which is, all right, We've got to show them being in a car traveling somewhere. We'll just make that very obvious. And they do things like, for the Shutterbugs among the listenership, they have uh, like a quite closed off aperture, it seems to me. So everything in the foreground and the background is all in focus. There's no separation of subject and background. If you, um, in the first two films, they do this a lot. They've got like, Extreme close-ups of faces, like occupying the entire screen, so you really can like capture someone's emotion and almost in a narrative. In why, don't a way. You, why don't you marry the cinematography from the first two films, bro? What that I could, they're probably dead. It was the seventies. This is a long time ago. Plus, 
I assume they smoked so many cigarettes working on these Emmanuel movies that there's no way they've survived. To I'm not saying the cinematographers. I'm saying the cinematography itself. Ah, well, my barrier to that guy would be you cannot marry a concept. Oh, fuck. Yet. <laughs> I've been humiliated. Um, but when you have a wide open aperture, which is when you get the iris of the lens... I think, well, the lens, maybe it's the bit on the camera as well. And you open that right up so it lets all the light in. Um, You can get a a far more uh, separated subject matter from the background. You get Mm. that, it's called bokeh, is the blur that you get in the background. You get that separation. But this whole movie is just like, yeah, we'll stick a camera here. We'll show them going there. Yeah, we'll stick a camera in front of this person and show them going there. There's no art. It's just You couldn't argue it doesn't tell you you where you are. Big pun? You couldn't argue that this is a movie that doesn't tell you exactly where you are. Yeah, but I don't care to know, like, fucking sex it up so for me. What, and what, what did you enjoy then by turn about the sex on the beach? Sex on the beach was in low light, and it was, like, I thought it was pretty well framed. It was too low light. Yeah, it was too it's low daytime. light. It's daytime. It's of- a Tuesday morning. I was squinting to make out the screen. And then also... Oh, you mean it's Tuesday morning for us watching the who? film? Oh, it could have been Tuesday morning for them. <laughs> but also, like... There are a few scenes I like that, eh? Not enough light. They're overcome with, you know, emotion and they're very... They're, I mean, they're not just sexually attracted to each other. F- for a rare instance in the Emmanuel franchise, there's a genuine emotional attraction and draw that goes beyond just lust. But Here's the who thing. fucks in the ocean? It's, uh, as our friend Reese Matthewson says in one, one of his great jokes, uh, water is a <laughs> famously excellent lubricant. Mm. <laughs> Salt water, no less. Indeed. Um, tricky, cold, I would imagine. They're fucking around there in the ocean for a long time without any clothes on. It looks on. warm where they are, though. It does look very warm, actually. It looks That's beautiful. True. Yeah. The, the location, this made me want to travel to Seychelles mm. so badly. Mm. Just beautiful turquoise, azure water, stretching out in front of golden sands. Honestly, the tortoises, man. Open air, teak homes, yeah. fantastic little cars, delicious food. Um, the experience is second to none. Jean, in this film, 90% of the time, very cool, very chill dude. We we were, got, we were rooting for him initially. I was rooting for him big time because Jean is all about making sure his wife is happy. That's what I get from this guy. He's like, and he derives joy from her joy. I feel like that's the whole kind of I thing know, with the I, relationship. I, but then it turns... And he, out of nowhere, just gets incredibly jealous of Gregory. And uh, they actually come to blows in, in the yeah. sort of you start know, of the third act. I I agree with you to an extent, but I think there, there's a moment in this movie which represents the idea that maybe Jean is um, taking possibly not just as much, but more from these dalliance. He, he finds the idea of Emmanuel's physical attraction like everyone in these movies are beautiful but yeah. they, they hinge on the idea that emmanuel is sort of otherworldly yeah her, like her, a demigod of her sexuality. beautiful transcends normalcy and i feel like you know her physical acknowledgement of this and having sex with anyone she wants to is a real fucking wheel spinner for jean and i feel like part of the reason that she leaves is that she's liberating herself from this and mm. like you know the idea that liberation is an open relationship liberation for some people might be monogamy it could be anything or it could be no relationship in That's the case right. of emmanuel so well, what but she, we she, she, she leaves is she chasing gregory yeah she leaves for gregory 
She's in love with Gregory. And like at the end, John is doing all these sort of devious acts. Gregory's trying to get a hold of her. He's going, I've got to leave. My film's been scrapped. His film looked like total shit, by His the way. His film, I will put money on it, would suck ass. And I don't think it was going to be And the funding gets good. pulled. It gets pulled. The film's fucking off. And He's running around the Seychelles looking for locations to shoot in. Never finds one. He's up. wasting so much time. This is what you get a location scout for, my dude. I know. I'm pretty sure he's the director. Well, he seems to be everything. Yeah, he's got the... That's right, he's, he's just a real fucking around ne- with the camera. The, the Neil Breen of 1977. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the camera and he's just like wasting film, taking footage of, of Emmanuel and Gregory having sex on the uh, beach at the start. Uh, not no, Gregory, not Gregory, the Swede. sorry, the Swede, whose name... We I'm assuming we, we never get and we never need. Do, no. we need. do we need the Swede's name? Absolutely not. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 1977 was a big year. Go on. Do you know what happened around the time this movie was released? Um, No. Orlando <laughs> Bloom was born. <laughs> Huge. Alongside. Yeah. Shakira. Orlando Bloom, that makes him a little older than I thought, but I guess that tracks. And Sarah Michelle Gellar. <gasps> My that, first true love. How's that for a cluster of celebs? I love Sarah Michelle Gellar. Also, in France, they performed their last ever execution by guillotine. That seems very late <laughs> yeah. for that to be happening. Do you say, it's I'm one, it's you say, one Orlando Bloom ago. I, I'm glad that you're... Uh, saying guillotine because a lot of people say guillotine which may be correct but it really like throws me guillotine I, that's it does that, it have two L's in it yeah because I know in Spanish when you get two L's you pronounce it as a Y I call it the guillotine the guillotine because oh. you're such a big fan of chopping people's heads off also the release of the Atari sick which one in North America 2600 the 2600 and 2600. Yeah, same number. Elvis Presley died at 42. 
on the toilet. Yeah, on the can. Poor guy. Elvis got so fucking boned. Do you know, he like had to constantly be touring in America because he should have been touring internationally. But his manager, who was an asshole, had some like thing with his passport where he couldn't go overseas. So he just stopped Elvis from internationally touring and, and kept him doing those like residencies sort of, that's that are horrible. In Vegas this and is stuff. rife in the entertainment industry. I actually got quite deep into a free hashtag free Britney. Oh, uh, let's talk hole about recently. it. So Britney Spears, it seems to me that her entire entertainment enterprise is controlled by her father. Well, yeah, because he's got the conservatorship, right? Yeah, and he. Uh, like she is, she's obviously had mental health battles, yeah. but is of sound enough mind that she can take control for her life. But he continues to push the narrative that she is not of sound mind, so that every single decision she makes within her life mm. has to be signed off by him. Which is why all of her videos take place in her home. I mean, I don't know how I, I, I've only read very, you know, I've. I've it seems legit, though. I tell you what, the Free Britney movement seems legit. Absolutely. I'm worried about... I'm really worried about Britney. As well you should be. We've been worried about Britney for a long time. It's a tragic life of Britney Spears, really. Mm. It seems very sad to me. Like, you and I were at a um, fucking awesome party, little get-together at, randomly, a place I used to live. So Guy and I went to the Beths. Great local oh, band. yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, we went to a friend's house, uh, and I'd never been to their house before, and uh, I was waiting for someone because they were waiting for an Uber, so I was making sure they got in there. And I got the guy to text me the address. He texted me the address. It was my old flat, randomly. Such a beautiful home. We went there, and we played a karaoke game, and one of the, uh, one of the friends did the Britney Spears song, Lucky, and god damn, it made me think a lot about Britney's life. Yeah. She's transmitting her pain into those lyrics direct from her heart to my ears. And I felt very sad thinking about Britney Spears. The game is called Callum's Favourite Game, and yeah. it is great fun. It's truly sensational. You put on Full a pair credit, of... Th- this, this game was conceived of by Callum Devlin. That's right. Who is a legend, responsible for multiple fantastic music videos... And also this game. And also Loud Cooking, which is a segment on my live That's streaming right. web show, Happening, which is on hiatus. Um, anyway, Callum Devlin, I'm, I was trying to find his Twitter handle while he said all that, it's but I can't. Sports Team Sports. Sports Team Sports. Well, that's their, uh, where they make music videos. It's like their production company. Well, this is all to say that the game is, you've got noise-canceling headphones. It was so full on. It was about 3 a.m. It was late. Everyone was winding down. He said, it's time to play Callum's favorite game. And everyone said, no. And he said, okay, here's what happens. You put on headphones and everyone sits and watches you while you perform karaoke to a song only you can hear. And everyone said, that sounds really full on. And then Callum's partner, Annabelle, while dragging chairs across the lounge, said, yep, it's really full on and everyone's bad at it. And then Callum turned the lights off, put on a bossa nova track, danced while performing a light show for three minutes yeah and then sang what was the song i can't remember neither can i i don't know it doesn't matter though it was a sensational experience and it was one of those things that you need the perfect number of people for and as long as everyone really throws themselves into it you just have a rollicking good time it was a sensation a great game truly a great game do you reckon emmanuel and jean and gregory could have worked this out if they had played uh callum's favorite game i reckon they could have 
I don't think they could have. I reckon that would have been the bridge over these troubled waters. Truly. I just think I think the right I think the right outcome was reached. I think Jean has a lot of soul searching to do. He presented as a as a cool, relaxed, confident guy, but literally as soon as anything fell outside of his comfort zone, he wigged out. Like yeah. he he presented this really it's sort of quite this really open minded, like I'm okay as long as you know, they they would keep saying as long as they're happy, mm. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. But that did not turn out to be the case. No, it wasn't. I mean, and ultimately, is that a huge surprise? Everyone's got their own life to live. A relationship is... What is a relationship, Tim? It's uh, two people or more. But what, a- <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you giving in a relationship? Not you specifically, but the concept of a relationship. What do you give to form a healthy relationship? Love. That's it? Yeah, I think so. Well, there's so many different kinds of relationships. It's too broad a question. You could have a relationship like Emmanuel and Jean, where it's a kind of love. They even say that at the end of the movie, they were like, um, what do they say? I, uh, 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 they're kind of like Jean is taken off guard by the fact that he is jealous of this blossoming he is, relationship. He is caught by surprise. With um, Gregory. And he, said, and, he, and he says, I thought we were past this kind of love in our and, relationship. And he, he also said, what, you know, if this happens now, it undermines the value of everything that's come before is that oh I missed that bit words to that a lot of subtitles we embarked on the film initially we had options this time which was kind of nice the first film we watched with subtitles in the original French the second film we watched without subtitles without subtitles in the original French (laughs) Yeah. yeah so just the original French with no understanding of French this third film we started watching Dubbed, dubbed in English. Not for me. No good. No, dubs are bad. Dubs are horrible, eh? And the good thing about subs, subs over dubs, subs over dubs till I die, they force you to pay attention to the film. Because you've got to be reading to be engaged. And what do you need to do to read? You need to look at the screen. Mm. You cannot look away. What do you think of this decision of this season of the podcast where we're doing... A new movie each time, and that movie happens to be in this film franchise. Uh, I think, I don't know, I think we've made a, a huge mistake, and I look forward to living with it. Yeah, that's usually the case with this thing, isn't it? What do you think is, let's try and make a guess for what happens next for Emmanuel. Do you think she meets Gregory? Because I reckon she absolutely doesn't. No, they'll they'll sort of. I think they'll, they'll dispatch of the the through lines that have been constructed, and just knowing that this is meant to be the closure of a trilogy. Do you think she'll enter the French space program in preparation for the Emmanuel and space series? Oh, I, I I shudder to think what we'll live through. I don't think they're going to go straight to space. It's going to remain grounded on land. What have we had I'd so like, far? I'd We've like been to see them in Thailand, Paris, Hong Kong, and now uh, Mar- uh, where Seychelles. Are we? Seychelles, sorry. And now, where do you want to go? Paris, France. Paris. I would love to just be on this. Like, one thing these movies do make you want to do is um, travel. Travel, especially at the moment. Yeah, we're not going to be doing that for a little while. Ooh, travel is illegal, it and is. rightly so. Um, have you been to France? Yes. Have you spent time in Paris? Yes. What did you think of it? Beautiful. Did it make you want to uh, star in a softcore pornography? No, no, no. And I didn't. 
And so if you do look it up, you won't get any hits because I didn't. It was beautiful. The food was fantastic. The people were friendly. Uh, you know, a lot of really professional crew members, fantastic DOP, crew members. great gaffers. What were you shooting? What was I shooting? Yeah. Well, I wasn't shooting anything, Tim. I was shooting my mouth off, trying to speak French, having oh, okay. croissants, having a good time, mixing and mingling with the locals. That's cool. Um, yeah. What I did l- you spend most of your time doing while you were in Paris? I was... I kept sort of... Uh, wow, I spent a lot of time on film... On fil- on filming the surrounds so I could uh, watch them back after the fact and reminisce. Do people call you um, Guy Montgomery? Guy. Guy. Is that how yeah. Guy is in, in Spelt G-U-Y, pronounced Guy. That's kind of cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great. And I didn't film I didn't film anything. So, but I would love to go there in this franchise. I just want to fucking... I just want, like... The, one of the things I'm what taking away from this... What you want is a travel show, yeah, actually. Yeah. You I, would actually... I think it would be um, nicer for you if we just sat down and watched some uh, travel TV. Literally couldn't agree more. What the fuck is it called? The Travel Channel? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I don't know, man. I haven't owned a television. Let's do the math on this. When was the last time I had a TV? Probably like three flats ago. Remember that? that was about was, seven years ago. When that was a defining personality trait? Not having a TV. Yeah. They go, oh, we don't... Actually, we don't... We oh, don't. We don't do TV. So. We don't watch TV. We don't watch TV. What do you do? Fucking make up your own dialogue. These are professionals. They work day and night perfecting how people talk. And you're telling me you're just going to dismiss all of that? Pretty bullshit, man. It's quite rude. If anything, people well, put a lot of work into it. Yeah. Disrespectful. The least we could do is watch. You know? Yeah. You got to watch everything ever made. What's the future of entertainment, guy? I feel like we had our traditional television. Before that, we had Emmanuel. Uh, now we have the internet age where we're consuming uh, quick uh, bites, I believe. I, what I, are they called? Quick, quick, quibby. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. quick bites, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you give Jeffrey Katzenberg a billion dollars. He's had it. He earned that money. That's his money. Yeah. There's undeniably, indisputably his money that he fucking pissed away on a Fair great enough. idea for a platform. You, you earn the money, you piss the money away. Mm. Uh, I actually read, uh, this is, I don't know if I'm if this is allowed, but I just, I it was a really interesting concept that was introduced. I was reading a book when I woke up this morning. It's called Ant Kind. You make it sound like you woke up and you were reading a book. It's by, like you were a, you were sleep yeah, reading yeah. a book and you came to it and you were like, "Whoa!" I was. It's the first. It's the debut novel from Charles Kaufman, mm-hmm. who's the filmmaker who did Being John Malkovich, and he's done. He's done some. He's an interesting guy, and it's really it's a really interesting novel. And he, there's a character who's describing who's like talking about how uh, memory is. Like your memories or what you reminisce on is only as reliable as what you imagine the future to be. Like the only thing that we have our actual finger on the pulse of is the present. Like your memories and the future are both equally. And he was describing in his life what everyone's going to be talking about in say 30 or 40 years. And it's this thing called, I believe, Brainio. And it, it's this, it's instead of television, we have these chips in our brain or we have like, we, we're broadcast directly into our brain these stories and they're almost like pick a pass where it's like you can insert you can watch something that's just beamed specialized to your brain tailored to what you enjoy in entertainment or a version where you are inserted within the story so you're watching out these narratives that take place in your own shows and it's all 
transmitted and exists within your brain. That fully seems like that is exactly where we would be going. Yeah. That seems real to me. Yeah. Shit. Is it like a scary book or is it chill? Because uh, you know how it's not, like it's not scary. You know the movie Her, where you could yeah. interpret it and be like that's terrifying, but the whole movie's like this is kind of chill. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's just some AIs fucking around. Uh, They're definitely not going to liquefy well, your insides to use as an energy source. The movie is the book. Sorry, is it's it's neither scary nor chill. Like it's not super chilled. It's quite a um, unsettling. Not unsettling, but just unusual. Mm-hmm. The rhythms and like, you know, the characters and there are all these sort of moments that put you slightly off balance, but not in a scary way, just in like, what I'm feeling a bit fucking... Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Oh, crazy sound. Did you get that? Yeah. That was cool, man. Now the soundboard's on board. One thing I do like about these Emmanuel movies, and I know that we bring this up with all the films we watch, but um, you have to when you, gotta, when you have to watch movies, is the duration. This one knocked it out of the park with, from memory, an hour and 41 minutes. That's right. And I believe that included credits. And that's always good. The one thing that I will grab as my shining light, because you grabbed the old man who made up a story about his his wife being eaten by a shark, uh, is undeniably the soundtrack. It kicked so much ass. It was so good. The soundtrack, which was just really one soundtrack... Uh, also, the font choice, that the credits, the opening and closing credits use the same font, the same color. It's this beautiful pink, and it's quite an of-its-time font. It's very 70s. Happy ass, man. It's real happening. I feel like this movie represents, I don't know, like the late 70s is probably hippiedom is on the wane, the height of free yeah. love. And so this movie almost represents the idea that there is an expiry date on everything and that maybe free love is not the way forward. Didn't... um. Didn't they say that, like, 1969 was when it all died? I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. I've had sex since 1969, Tim. Have you? Yep. Wild. I'm fucking crazy. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Um, There were some other bits that happened in the film, too, which we kind of glossed over and haven't talked about. There is um the scene where Gregory and Jean come to blows, and that, that was happening... Uh, there was sort of a cultural dance outside by a forest that was happening. What else we got? Uh, there was a bit where an We'd- ox uh, draws a cart, which Emmanuel and Gregory are in. Did you miss that? Huge ox, a land beast. Don't remember it vividly. Horned and carrying them on its back via a cart. Ox is a great word to play in Scrabble if you're stuck with an X. Yep. What's the difference between ox and oxen? Singular and plural? Oh, okay. Look at that ox. Look at those oxen. Look at those oxes. Look at that oxen. Look at all those chickens. Look at all those mice. Look at all those mouse mouses. <laughs> Not a word. Yeah, I think you're right. Oxen, oxen is the Fish. plural. Fish, fishes, yeah. Fishes doesn't it's all, exist. It's all a thing. Sheeps, yep, doesn't exist. You've also got that correct. I'm kind of gutted that we won't see Jean again in this um, franchise because, in spite of the fact that you know, ten percent of this movie, he was a real piece of shit. There was there was a lot of good stuff about him, and I liked that he was. He played it pretty cool through most of the thing, and he seemed, in some ways, kind of selfless. And also the fact that he walked into his house and said, "Good morning." make me a drink 
and then received at what I estimated to be 10.45 a.m., a Long Island iced tea. One of the strongest of all possible cocktail combinations. There's something about being in the Seychelles and getting fucking blind drunk before noon. This guy was, for a moment there, truly living his dream. When's he doing the architecting? Mate, he's fucking setting up threesomes left, right and centre. What if I told you that Jean, as played by Umberto Orsini, Mm. is alive today? I... How old, be how old would you guess that person to be? Right now, today, he's 80. Six. He's six years old? That's fucked up, dude. Born in a leap year. Time traveler. <laughs> Born in a leap year. They're kind of... Oh, no, he'd still be it's 24, not, wouldn't yeah, he? would be young. He'd be really young. What's he up to? He's, Tell he's, me about this man. He's he's just a... He's, a very, he's an he's acclaimed a actor. He I was, was nominated a, yeah. in 2008. He was nominated to David Di Donatello for Best Supporting Actor for his role in Il Matino Allora in Boca. In 1969, he was awarded with the Nastro Diacentino for Best Supporting Actor for his performance in Visconti's The Damned. He was actually in the throes of a very successful film career by the time he got into Emmanuel. Huh. Do you think a bit like are the French just a lot cooler than the Americans? Because that's the other big cinematic kind of you know house that we've got to compare to. Do you think the French are just a lot cooler, or do you think that that first Emmanuel movie really was um, quite a risky maneuver for all involved? I think it was risky. I think both, both are true. I think the French are cooler. I think it was probably still quite a risky thing. Mm. First one to embrace its X rating and say, this is, "You're right." We're not going to hide it. Yeah. That's exactly what we're making. We're hiding the penis, but not and the X rating. Over 2 million people are going to come down to the cinema and they're going to fucking love it. Yeah. 2.2 million ticket buyers. And Just in France. Blows my mind, man. Get your hand off it, France. <laughs> Put your hand back on it, France. You yeah. do you. Just don't get jealous when someone else also puts the I don't know what the equi- I'm, t- I'm trying to link it to the film you see guy didn't don't overthink work. it this movie for me gets a 4 out of 10 uh, rescued a lot like it would be probably a 2 rescued quite a well, nah you know what I'm going to give it a 5 this is important to me it's getting a 5 out of 10 killer soundtrack that we very rarely hear um, the acting and I'm thinking back to what you've said previously a little bit hard to discern when sp- People are speaking in a, your, a language you don't understand, which mm. is the case here. Aye. So I'm going to give them some benefit of the doubt, but not the whole way. Five out of ten for the film. That's compared to way higher ratings, which I think I gave out of five for the previous two. Yeah. So not only has the score changed, the very metric itself is different. Yeah. I wouldn't watch this movie. I have. Yeah, you but, did. But I wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't do it again? That's my review. The fucking fabulous thing about this is things might get better this season. We or, just don't know. Or worse. Hopefully hornier. Yeah. I will not rest until... I want to sit down with my friend Guy and watch a goddamn horny porno. Is yeah. there so much to ask? A horno. El horno. Terrible. You got anything else to, to add before we close Fuck this off? Fuck no. It's really warm in this room, eh? I think it's taken uh, the wind out of our sails slightly. I think we've done a good job. <laughs> um, let's see if we've got any other news for you from 1977. Oh, that seems uh, apropos. Star Wars premieres. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. 
Jimmy Carter mm? takes over as President of the United States. Sick. You know what he did? Grants a pardon to American draft dodgers of the Vietnam War. That's pretty cool. Also, warns that Americans need to make profound changes in their oil consumption. He did do that. And, symbolically, put solar panels on the White House roof. Well, not symbolically. Like, they, they functioned. They were working. They were just very inefficient. But then, do you know who took them down? Reagan. What a piece of shit. <laughs> this guy's awesome. Carter. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He got um, he got boned by the uh, Iran hostage crisis, I think. Mm. I think that's what happened. I don't know. America was reeling with what had happened with Nixon, right? They were like, this fucking dude. Think about Nixon. He's a, he wasn't all bad. He was a bad guy, but he actually did a lot of groovy stuff in addition to taping everyone at the White House and... Uh, using the political apparatus against his enemies. But when the American public was exposed to the treachery, the depths of depravity that this man was capable of, and in acting, they were like, we need a good dude. (laughs) So they found this fucking peanut farmer, Methodist, and they were like, this guy, this guy is our guy. And so he he got a run at it, and uh, he did a couple of cool things, but I think the system kind of ate him up. That's why that line in The Simpsons, I never really got it as a kid, but when they refer to Jimmy Carter as history's greatest monster, it's a pretty fucking funny joke. (laughs) Yeah. He's still alive. He's 97, I think, and he builds houses for humanity to this day. Yeah, and if you go to Google Jimmy Carr, he's second to Jimmy Carr. You'd he's be fucking to, furious. He's second to Jimmy Carr. The president is second to Jimmy Carr, the comedian. To British tax-dodging comedian Jimmy Carr. Did he dodge? Oh, was he in the fucking uh, papers? The, the... Independent of the papers. He got snapped hard. True. Yeah. Don't do it, folks. Pay your fucking taxes. If Emmanuel has taught me anything, pay your goddamn taxes. That's all from me. You yeah. done? Uh, I'm done too. We're good on 1977. We can close that book. Yeah, nothing else happened. Unbelievable. All right. Well, we'll be back in the next episode to explore whatever the fuck Emmanuel 4 turns out to be. I'll catch you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.